Some things we just don't need. Scientists have discovered a new species of venomous tarantula that can live for up to 20 years. And it happened in Florida. I know. I love the state of Florida, but this can't be. It's the Pine Rockland Trapdoor Spider. It was first spotted on the grounds of the zoo in Miami uh, nine years ago. And it wasn't until this year that researchers said, you know, that's a whole new species. Oh, okay. So apparently they have a rough carapace on the front half of their silverly, silvery gray abdomen with a light colored patch on the top. So I'm sure they're just beautiful when you see them. You know what I'm saying. So it's a new species. <laughs> And it's not that big, actually. It's roughly the male pine rockland spider is roughly the size of about a quarter. So really small. And the female is, you know, two or three times larger. So what? Maybe, a, you know, a silver dollar. Uh, but it hides in burrows underneath their, you know, underneath the trap door. And they pounce on their prey. Oh, oh okay. Well, that's good. And... They live about 20 years. So the male uh, lives to be about six or seven years old, maybe eight, depending on if he's slow or not. Once he's mature, he heads out to try to find a little spider business. And then uh, once he gets, uh, <laughs> once he finds the spider business, uh, he dies. So, I mean, if you're a male, as much as you want to go out and find business, you might be thinking to yourself, you know, not today. I'm good right here in the shade. Maybe a bug will come by and I'll have something to eat. I don't need any female rockhound uh, tarantula business today because I don't feel like dying. But, of course, now that we know that they exist and we've seen them and the zoo people are, you know, out saying, oh, there they are. Uh, of course, they're threatened. I know. I know. Oh, no. The earth could lose this particular species no they're going to be it's an endangered species already i don't think it's on the list yet but the pine rockland trapdoor spider is already you know hurting because it's endangered we know that it's endangered i know their habitat is sinking you know the zoo and so you know darn the luck if they just stop breeding. You know what I'm saying? I think you do. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So the initial results from the 2020 census are in. If you didn't fill your census out, then the numbers... 331,449,281 people is low. But according to this, the population grew 7.4%, which is the second slowest growth rate in history. So there's a new tally now that causes a few shakeups in the House of Representatives because each state obviously receives the number of seats proportional to its population. Texas gains two new representatives as a, you know, because of the census. And California is going to lose a seat 
for the first time in its 170-year history as a state. Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, Oregon each gain a seat. New York, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, and West Virginia all lost a seat. And that's ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. So officials also said that if New York had 89 more people, they would have received one more seat. So if you didn't fill out your census in New York, you know, and you know who you are, you cost your state a representative seat. I know it's you, not the other guy. You cost the state that. So just uh, those are some initial uh, results from the 2020 census. It'll be interesting to get some more data as it comes in, because this is why they were so big on, uh, you know, everyone filling it out. Even people who were not citizens, they wanted those numbers up and they wanted those in California in particular, uh, New York for sure. wanted those numbers up big and oh my gosh, I think of that. I mean, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, West Virginia, all lose a seat. Wow. That's, that's pretty big, but congratulations to Colorado, which is, you know, I don't know how good news that is, but Florida and Montana and North Carolina, not so much Colorado and Oregon, but congratulations. They gain a seat and Texas is, uh, you know, gains too. So we're good news and California loses one. Yay. And just so you know, uh, California governor, Gavin Newsom is going to have to face a recall election because the, uh, Republican-led effort hits the signature goal. The uh, recall number goal was hit. Recall backers submitted more than 1,495,709 verified voter signatures, equal to 12% of all the ballots cast in the last gubernatorial election, meeting the minimum threshold to force the special recall election. Wow. So uh, congratulations to Governor Newsom for hitting that recall goal and good luck to Caitlyn Jenner as she prepares to run and beat Gavin Newsom for governor of the great state of California. I don't know why this story ticks me off so much, but it really does. Uh, it's all being headlined as this British TV personality uh, claimed that he was nearly shot by a U.S. cop during a traffic stop. And it's a trigger-happy society in the United States. So, some TV host, Richard Medley, I don't even really know who he is, but he's a, a United Kingdom uh, presenter. And he tells the story of he how he, became, how he came terrifyingly close to death by cop after being pulled over in Phoenix for driving 10 miles an hour over the limit. Now, first of all, the story should be the police officer had an opportunity to shoot this guy and didn't. All right, that's how good the police are. But now I digress. He talks about in this story, being a polite Englishman abroad, once I stopped, I opened the driver's door to meet the officer on equal terms. If you're being pulled over by a police officer, it's not equal terms, my friend. Okay, never. I don't know if it's equal terms in the United Kingdom, but if I was in another country being pulled over by the police, I would not believe that, oh, you know, I'm just going to go meet them on equal terms. 
and they'll say, hi, how you doing? Now, he, he's, his story is, I felt it would appear arrogant to sit inside my lovely air-conditioned cabin while he sweated on the tarmac outside. Shut up. No, I just, I, I can't. I can't take it. So he said, instinctively, the officer stiffened, dropped in a semi-crouch, slapped his gun holster, and screamed, back in the car, back in the car now. Yeah. You're not supposed to get out of your car when the police officer is approaching. They don't know if you're armed or what's going on. We see all the time, don't we, Richard, how people are uh, shot when they're trying to get away from police when they get pulled over, don't we? Now, he says, I saw his thumb on the holster and caress the pistol's handle. <laughs> And with one of my kids bursting into tears. Yeah, because you should have stayed in the car, you dumb television presenter from the UK. So then he said uh, the frightened officer only relaxed and reholstered his weapon once he had established I was a softy Englishman on holiday with his wife and kids. Yeah, because you're not supposed to get out of your car when greeting a police officer. I'm pretty sure that holds true in any country that you're in. Now, he says, the officer warned never get out of a car when you're stopped by a cop. We take it as a threat. Yeah, as they do probably in every country, they're dick. Uh, the cop, according to Richard, says that, uh, you know, he claims that the police officer said, oh, hey, uh, I nearly shot you because I thought you were going to shoot me. Yeah. Um, that's the way it happens. The officer has no idea that you're going to get out of your air-conditioned uh, cabin. Uh, is that, isn't that what he called it? Uh, driver's door equal to a fellow air-conditioned cabin. Shut up. I, I can't take it. So instead of making it that the cop was uh, doing what a great job the police officer did, we're to believe that it's a trigger-happy society here in America. Well, no, it's not a trigger-happy society because nothing happened to you, Richard. Did it? No, you were told don't get out of the stupid car, and you shouldn't have. And when he when he didn't know that you weren't coming after him, I mean, it's agonizing. It just ticks me off. Stay in your country. You know that, Dick. Stay there because guess what? You know what? We are we are trigger happy. We're all trigger happy, especially against people like you. So stay there. Don't come over. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, uh, you're welcome. By uh, coming to America, you actually taught your children how to have a uh, interaction with police. Uh, during their lifetime that will keep them alive and actually show uh, respect for uh, the authority. So you're welcome, dick. So Stacey Abrams, former governor candidate, candidate for governor uh, for the state of Georgia who lost, and I don't know that she ever conceded, but she's been agonizing politically for quite some time now. But this story about her makes me kind of like her. Or at least I should say I want to like her. Okay. Uh, I just, she talks, it talks about how she wrote eight romance novels 
between 2001 and 2009 under a pseudonym Selena Montgomery, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, she also wrote two parts of a trilogy, and now she's working on the third part of the trilogy, the third book, the forthcoming novel, While Justice Sleeps. And actually, it sounds like, you know, know, a TV show, a TV made for TV. Uh, It claims that her uh, 2019 romance novel, Never Tell, which she wrote in 2004, they're doing that into a TV series. So, And While Justice Sleeps, according to this, it's a legal thriller, supposed to be released uh, this coming May, uh, just, uh, you know, less than a month away, uh, is about, uh, for those of listening live, today's the 27th of April, so this is out May 11th. I mean, holy cow, it's a couple of weeks. Uh, the Supreme Court justice who slips into a coma after uncovering a conspiracy theory about the President of the United States while Justice sleeps tonight on ABC. I mean, it makes me kind of like her. I want to like her now. And then I remember of some of the things that she actually said politically and then I don't like her anymore. But that's a, you know, that's definitely very interesting about her. And uh, it makes for an interesting story about someone's life, how they're, you know, each person is more than what you see, right? And so, I don't know. Am I supposed to like her now? I guess. Maybe that's the whole point of these stupid stories, trying to make me like her. Fine. Just let me, just release the book and leave me alone. You know, thinking about Stacey Abrams made me think about crime a little bit. And I was, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, Stacey Abrams and crime, you know, whatever. So I was thinking about, uh, I see where uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine, I know, I got it, whatever. Uh, the Jeffrey Epstein confidant, still in jail. And she just pled not guilty to two new charges, or at least two new charges. I don't know how many they were. Um, she pleaded not guilty to sex trafficking conspiracy and an additional sex trafficking charge that were added in a rewritten indictment released last month. So the Manhattan federal court and grand jury, they got the new indictment. It stretched a time span of charges from three years to a decade. So we'll see. I mean, she's still in jail. And then they made a big deal out of these new photos emerging of her and Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton. So this was back in the 90s. I mean, they were at, uh, Epstein gave some money to the Clinton Library Foundation and that got him into the White House for this dinner and this event, this VIP event. And he had pictures taken with them. Ooh, boy. That's terrible, huh? And then there was a release of photos from a party in Palm Beach that was some fundraising event that, get this now, Jeffrey and Jelaine were there at this party in Palm Beach. They had a house in Palm Beach at the same time. Ooh, come on now. Are we, we're stretch, that's a stretch even for me. I mean, I, I know Bill, you know, has documented flying on the Lolita Express. And look, he's, I know he's, you know, he's been a dirtbag all his life. I got it. But that's even a stretch for them. I mean, 
It was a fundraising event. Epstein was obviously, you know, making big money. That's how you get involved with these guys or meet them. And then they were at a party in Palm Beach where he had a house and were to believe that they were, there was a picture of them at a, another event at the, he, at the same time he had a house in the same city. Okay. All right. You know, that makes her guilty, right? Right. And then I see a story about an American Idol contest. For those of you still watching American Idol, contestant Cecil Ray, who had just gotten the boot, apparently, uh, didn't get enough votes, so he was gone. But he was just arrested in Texas with burglary of habitation. And I thought, I don't remember if I've ever heard about burglary of habitation before. Now, what do you suppose burglary of habitation is? I, off the top of my head, I would have answered, you know, he's living in a house without, uh, without any documents. It's not his house. He's just living there. Nope. Burglary of habitation occurs when a person enters the home of another person with the intention of committing theft. So a theft does not actually have to occur. The person merely has to enter the home with the intention of committing a theft. Wait a second. So if I think I'm going to steal something and I go into someone's house, and then once I'm in the house, I decide, man, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm still guilty of burglary of habitation because I entered the home of another person with the intention of committing theft. Come on now. What the hell? Is this even America anymore? I can't change my mind on crime. (laughs) So, I mean, that hurts me. That hurts. That if I even just go into someone's house thinking about stealing something and then decide not to it's still a crime is this is not america anymore all right let's go to the break room i need something cold to drink even though here where i'm at is still america Mm. at least maybe not because it's texas and uh, that one that story is just not american but okay i gotta stop thinking about the crime of burglary of habitation so yesterday uh we talked about uh apple charging for their uh, podcasts and uh you know some of the other accounts that people have and uh, you know spotify and uh, we all charge right somewhere or another not for this podcast but uh only fans just revealed that their revenue went up 553% this past year. $390 million in the year to November after the lockdowns. Good for them. The London-based platform offers, you know, obviously sex workers and fitness influencers, anyone, anyone uh, to connect directly with fans and get paid for subscription services plus tips. And there's different levels of that you can subscribe to and offer uh, offer content. So according to this, 
the total value of transactions increased seven times. Its user base grew from less than 20 million to more than 120 million. Over 300 creators earned more than a million dollars in 2020. But apparently, uh, you know, the company is facing, you know, backlash after one of the OnlyFans uh, rappers uh, recorded making a million dollars in under six hours after turning 18 a week before. And uh, they are not changing anything. Uh, the CEO said, uh, no, I founded this with my father in 2016. We've got no plans to crack down on adult content creators or take the money, which is one of the UK's leading tech startups. Uh, we're not going to go public. So uh, get over it. Okay. We're not doing it. Uh, This is what we do. We provide a service. It's not all not safe for work. Okay. Although, you know, a lot of it is. But lots making a lot of people a lot of money, including them. So why change? Why change? It's amazing. Amazing. So uh, just a reminder. All right. I want to thank you. First of all. First of all, let me thank you. Uh, You know, I was reminded today that there are 1,440 minutes in a day. 1,440 minutes in a day. So thank you for using some of your minutes each day listening to this show, Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it. And if you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber for free to this show, uh, you need to be. All right. You can subscribe on the platform you're listening to right now, uh, whatever that is, or you can choose a platform that you like better. But most importantly, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay. Turn your life around. Make Turn that frown upside down. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's right. <laughs> uh, nobody likes a freeloader. Okay. Nobody does. Nobody. We like freeloading subscribers not just freeloaders. Also, you might uh, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Same name, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I just, uh, I've released content. I got a whole bunch of content coming to the channel uh, in the next two or three weeks. I just released an interview with John Ziegler talking about his new podcast titled With the Benefits of Hindsight. And it's all about the Penn State Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky, uh, debacle. That's been 10 years now since this took place. And so much of it, if not all of it, is not true. But if you follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR and Facebook and Instagram and uh, Parlor at Jeff Fisher Radio, you know, I posted a quick clip less than a minute of when I made him cry during the interview that is posted on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat. And uh, he's talking about one of the greats, Franco Harris, who I've been a fan of forever, uh, Pittsburgh and Penn State. And just, uh, you know, I, I, I've never met the man. And I've been a fan of his forever. And uh, I've got to make that happen. But he is talking about uh, dealing with Franco Harris about this case and how important it was to have Franco on his side. And it made him start to cry. And I say, um, Franco, I just got off the phone with Scott. Uh, and I, I, you Scott need to Paterno, know that, that Scott is going to try to destroy me. And I totally understand your 
relationship with Sue Paterno and the Paterno family. And I want you to know you can throw me under the bus. You know, please do it gently. Uh, but you, know, you you do what you do what you need to do. And he, and he stops me. Here we go. He stops me and he says, "John, I am independent. You do what you need to do to get to the truth." And I was like, "Wow, wow!" I mean, here's a guy with statues, with statues in Pittsburgh. With, with something to actually lose. And, and yet he's on your side. And, said, and it's, uh, you know, he's on John's side to get to the truth is what whose side he's on. And uh, anyway, it's a it's fascinating interview and it's going to be fascinating. When you hear so much about the case, you realize what a, what a debacle the whole thing is and was. And it's just, you know, Getting to the truth is important. What's going to come of that? I don't know. You know, we talked yesterday about the Oscars, and, uh, you know, it's not surprising that uh, there wasn't a lot of hype around some of the things that were just agonizing that took place during the event. Um, The reason there wasn't any great hype, because no one was watching. And when I say no one, 9.85 9.85 million viewers tuned in to the Oscars. 58% plunge from last year and a new record low. Wow. If you look at the timeline from 2014, it is incredible. Now, the year... 2018 to 2019, they gained some, but not much. So in 2017, well, let's do in 2014, they had 43.7 million viewers. Then it dropped to 37.3 million in 2015. Then 34.4 million in 2016. Then 32.9 million in 2017 then it dropped way down in 2018 to 26.5 million and they must have thought oh we did something right because they gained in 2019 to 29.6 million which still wasn't up to anything close to 2017 and beyond but then in 2020 uh 23.6 million dropped to the lowest point ever then this year to have under 10 million oh my gosh that is embarrassing now i don't know if they're going to change that maybe we get some new numbers for uh delayed watching or different platform watching but according to this only 9.85 million viewers tuned in so i don't know where where you get i mean you're going to be lucky to get another five or six million on different platforms watching. So let's say, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that we get numbers in that show, you know, 15 million. That's still unbelievable. I mean, nobody is watching. Okay. And so you can rethink all the little things that you were rethinking and it didn't work at all. You know why? Because we're tired of it. We love the work. 
I love the work. I do. I love the work. Give me the show. Just don't stop preaching to me. I don't care what you think. You're an actor. I love you. I love your work. You know, why do I need to know that you care about violence? We all don't like violence. We all don't like it. But when you come to me with your misinformed information, then it's just, you you lose me. You just lose me. And wow, those numbers are just frightening. Frightening. And I don't know what you do. If you're the Academy, maybe you just go away next year. You know, you just say, hey, uh, you know, we're done. I mean, they spent the network. Who had that? ABC, I think. They spent, how much money did they spend on that? So they're saying that uh, ABC or Walt Disney Company paid $75 million to bro- for the broadcast rights. I guess the commercials sold out, but I don't know that you are able to charge what you want or if you charged someone uh, top price for their 30-second commercial. And you go back to them and say that, you know, 9.5 million people watched and you paid, you know, $2 million for your 30 second commercial to be seen by almost no one. I mean, they could have run that ad on a, on any show and gotten that many, <laughs> got that many viewers. I just amazing, amazing. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do, but ABC, the Academy, call me. We'll figure something out, okay? Just call me. Or, you know what? Email me. Chewingthefatattheblaze.com uh, You know, and we'll figure it out. We'll get something. We'll get some dialogue going and we'll we'll figure it out and we'll make it work, okay? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I won't hold my breath for that email coming through. But I'm here for you if you want to. A few headlines to, uh, you know, just things that you should know. Apple said that it's opening a new hub in North Carolina and investing $80 billion across the U.S. Wow. Trying to uh, make up for uh, all the bad press uh, doing business in China. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that. that never mind. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear a major gun rights case over Americans' ability to carry concealed firearms. That's a little scary in today's world. That's a little scary. Uh, I mean, uh, the Supreme Court should just uh, say, uh, yeah, you should be able to carry weapons. And uh, goodbye. Have a nice day. Get out of here. We'll see. Uh, Yeezy, you know, the uh, the sneakers, not the entire company, but just the pair worn by Kanye during his 2008 Grammy performance. Uh, that pair sold for $1.8 million. <laughs> so congratulations. Uh, you have to whoever purchased the Yeezy sneakers for $1.8 million. It's a new record for the first time a pair of sneakers hit seven figures. And uh, Brom Watcher, W-A-C-H-T-E-R, uh, Sotheby's head of streetwear and modern collectibles. 
that's going to be a good gig, man. He, uh, or Brom, I don't know if it's a he or she, uh, said the sale speaks volumes of Kanye's legacy as one of the most influential clothing and sneaker designers of our time and of the Yeezy franchise he has built, which has become an industry titan. Well, we'll see how that industry titan goes because uh, Kanye's new logo Uh, Described in patent paperwork as rays from a sun. No, no, Walmart says no. Uh, That is uh, too close to ours. And uh, we we want that to be denied. Kanye, we love you. They didn't say that. That was me. Uh, But uh, it looks like our 13-year-old Mark, except, uh, you know, Walmart's sun rays are made up of lines instead of dots. When you look at it side by side, Walmart's got a great point, man. I mean, look, you're Walmart. You don't want anything that closely represents their little rays of sun, you know. But Kanye's is just dots. So we'll see. But Walmart says, oh, no, that's too, that's going to cause uh, confusion and a false suggestion of connection between Walmart and Yeezy. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Kanye's been busy, uh, you know, filing his little trademarks for uh, the Yeezy logo for his Gap collection, which has white letters and surrounded by a blue block, a blue box that looks similar to the Gap's logo. But now Yeezy and Gap have a deal, right? So I don't know if that's going to fly either. We'll we'll see. Kanye, uh, you know, uh, there's always problems with uh, trademarked logos and names and so this probably isn't that big of a deal but i mean yeah it's a tough fight uh kanye may be the uh richest black man in america but going up against walmart good luck Uh, god bless talking you know the past month or so from time to time over whether covid vaccine mandates are coming to your place of work uh and you know it looks as though they're coming and that's why this administration said they weren't going to try to push uh some sort of government mandate we're going to let private business take care of that yeah because they knew that private business would say um yeah we're not saying you have to uh get the vaccine but you're just not going to be able to work here if you don't get the vaccine huh interesting so um you know we have a story of an arkansas mother who you know there says that uh, she was fired from her job for not receiving the covid19 vaccine she is saying oh i can't believe that they fired me Okay. It is kind of strange that they fired her at, from her job at Harvest Cannabis Dispensary. (laughs) You would think off the top of your head, the first answer that Harvest Cannabis Dispensary would be a place that would say, nah, that's okay. They don't have to get the vaccine if you don't want to. And uh, she claims that, uh, you know, she has a history of experiencing adverse reactions to medicines. So... I mean, she claims that she's always uh, 
she's always that one out of every 10 that has a bad reaction so she'd rather not get the vaccine she claimed that the employer uh, fired her because she didn't get the vaccine and wouldn't get the vaccine we'll see how that pans out whether that's true or not we also have a story that says cumulus media are required to receive the covid vaccine before returning to the office oh so this was according to a leaked memo man cumulus has got a little problem with leaked memos there's a few uh there's a few memos been uh, released that uh, weren't supposed to be released from cumulus so i don't know who the leak is over there at cumulus but <laughs> i hope you know stay safe if you because uh, they're coming for you uh, if you're going to keep leaking uh private memos uh from the company but according to this they said that they are requiring every employee to be 100 percent vaccinated against covid19 in order to return to the office so i guess that's a way of saying that if they have hosts that are not broadcasting from the office or studios that are actually part of cumulus media then they don't have to right if you are if you are someone who is producing those shows for cumulus around the country at different studios you most definitely will have to be uh have to get the vaccine wow that's a that's a big step man there's a lot of people in broadcast that question uh the vaccinations i'm not one don't put me (laughs) no i don't want to man i want this broadcast to continue on far but far be it for me to question the 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 validity of the vaccine that we've got going on around the world i mean there's there's what there's four big vaccines now right so we have uh because we have astra we have pfizer moderna johnson and johnson and then astrazeneca we're not doing astrazeneca here in the u.s anyway and i mean that's why it was so nice of us and so nice of the white house to share up to 60 million doses of the astrazeneca covid19 vaccine with foreign countries oh that's so nice so uh they're going to once the astrazeneca covid19 vaccine gets the clearance for regulatory safety uh that we're gonna you know let that go out to other countries probably like i don't know india but according to this according there's been plenty of countries obviously using the astrazeneca shots for quite some time and here in america we've got pfizer moderna and johnson and johnson was just given uh the green light again so and johnson johnson is the one-shot deal if i was going to get one and i'm not saying i'm not going to get it but if i was going to get a vaccination it would probably be the johnson and johnson just give me that give me the one shot let's be done with it so i can you know walk away and say yep i've been vaccinated but i can't hold up the two fingers because i haven't had the two shot vaccination i can't have the two finger club i mean i could do it nobody could stop me from putting the two fingers <laughs> you know across my across my chest like that i mean i heaven forbid people would lie about something like that but uh as of monday According to this, 29% of Americans are fully vaccinated. 43% have gotten at least one shot. And we said yesterday, what was it? 
uh, 8% of the one-shotters have not gone back for the second shot. So, okay. Uh, We'll see. Uh, We'll see. According to this, uh, all adults now are eligible to receive the shot. Vaccine supplies are starting to outstrip demand in some areas. Wow. So, um, you know, according, and the U.S. initially took the path of vaccine nationalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's because we wanted to take care of our country first. I just, amazing how we're supposed to not like America first. Because uh, that has something to do with Donald Trump. When you start talking about America first, you start thinking, oh my gosh, are you a Donald Trumper? Are you? Do you think America should be first? I do. Yeah, I really do. I know that, uh, you know, people still hate Donald Trump and they still put him in the news as much as they can. I see where Simon & Schuster has got a big, uh, you know, turmoil at the, uh, you know, the old SNS offices because they said that they weren't going to cancel the Mike Pence book deal. Huh. Interesting. That is surprising, actually, that they said that they weren't going to do that. But employees are all wound up at them. And apparently, uh, you know, Pencil's got a two-book deal, which is, uh, you know, pretty good. And, you know, that's a pretty good thing. And he's going to, you know, I don't know how much money he's going to make from the deal. And is Simon & Schuster going to promote the book? Probably not. I mean, people will hate the book because it's Mike Pence and he's going to mention Donald Trump in it probably. But hundreds, according to this, of employees demand uh, no book deals for authors tied to the Trump administration. Now, if I'm Simon & Schuster, and and we may have even talked about this before, but if I'm Simon & Schuster, I would say uh, you either do your job like we, uh, we employed you to do, or you take a hike. Uh, have a nice day. Good luck. You know, go somewhere, go somewhere else because we're going to decide who and what books we do. Now, I will say that Simon & Schuster has already, you know, started that downhill slide by instead of, you know, they kowtowed to the employees already. But according to this, 216 signatures from employees as well as thousands from outside supporters Oh, not thousands of outside supporters. They've signed a petition and they want to have Simon & Schuster not treat the Trump administration as a normal chapter in American history. I'm okay with that because it wasn't a normal chapter in American history. Uh, It wasn't normal at all. And we should absolutely the truth should be told on that. Will that happen? I don't know. But according to this, it also demands that an upcoming memoir by former president, or I'm sorry, former vice president Pence be canceled, calling the decision to publish Pence legitimizing bigotry. You bastards. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is, I said earlier, uh, I talked about it not being America anymore. You know, it's not the America we know, but it kind of still is. We have a story that uh, how uh, Donald Trump still in the news. They cannot let this guy go. They can't do it. And they're calling him a liar. And how dare he? So Mika Brzezinski, uh, wife of uh, co-host of the morning do with uh, Joe Scarborough, 
uh, told a story that talked about how Trump said Melania had never had any work done and she's perfect. And nobody believes that. I mean, Mika is, you know, it's just ridiculous. So apparently Brzezinski was on some podcast, not mine. And uh, she revealed that uh, Trump told her this in their bedroom. Well, okay. Uh, You know, Brzezinski talked about her getting done with a little work that she had. I'd actually, according to her, um, uh, I I just had cosmetic procedure done to reduce the wrinkles under my neck. And I'd actually gotten a thing on the sides of my neck. I, I guess, I guess they call it like a chin tuck. Yeah, I guess they do. Mika. Uh, you know, I guess that's what they call it, right? So, uh, apparently, they were at New Year's Eve, and Trump is calling Joe. This was back when they were buds. And uh, Mika, he kept saying, where's Mika? And she says, he's always obsessed with me. Who isn't, Mika? Everyone is obsessed with you, aren't they? So, she claims, still loopy on painkillers after going under the knife. And against my husband's advice, I went down, and I went down to where, you know, Donald and, and Melania were, and I found myself having a conversation with Flotus, the former Flotus, about her recent procedure in the couple's bedroom during what she described as a woman-to-woman chat. Now, Melania was very curious about the procedure. That's when Donald came up and joined the ladies and said, you know, Melania hasn't had no work done. She's perfect. Uh, <laughs> now, that's Trump's point of saying that, uh, you know, she has. You get it, Mika? I mean, that whole, you know, he wasn't claiming that she's had zero plastic surgery, was met backlash on social media. Yeah, that's the point. He wasn't. It was for you, Mika, you dolt. Don't you? I I can't. I I just, I, I can't. You know what? I'm just going to leave you with with the story that was sent to me. I can't. I mean, I would just. <laughs> I mean, we're back to it again. The guy isn't even in office, and we're still going to continue to call him a liar, and he's a storyteller. Yeah, he had you privately in a bedroom with his wife after you had got work done, and he comes in and he's, yep, Melania. She's not had any work done. She's perfect. I mean, that's the point of the story. She is such a. Perhaps the last time you got your little chin tuck, I guess that's what you call it, Mika. And maybe uh, that's when you got that done. Uh, They maybe, I don't know, they tucked it a little too tight. And maybe you lost a little little something, something, you know, that added to your adulthood because that's what you've got. It's just (sighs) incredible. So anyway, I had this, uh, I had this uh, scent. It was kind of, uh, on the social media account. I believe this was on Facebook. Uh, it was a little story. And, <laughs> and I read the story. And I thought that is an amazing story. And I have to share it with you. So here goes. I'm only going to change. Uh, he talks about getting kicked in the man part. And he calls uh, the man part what you would call it. And I'm just going to be nice because, you know, it's a, I want you to be able to air it for the family. So they understand that how truthful these stories are. (laughs) So I begin with the story. Uh, I mowed the lawn. This isn't me. This is, uh, this was, well, was, I found this and had this sent to me under a guy's name, uh, Jim, 
Jim, uh, Jim, you can find it yourself. Uh, I mowed the lawn today, and after doing so, I sat down and had a cold beer. The day was really quite beautiful, and the drink facilitated some deep thinking. My wife walked by and asked me what I was doing, and I said, nothing. Now, the reason I said nothing instead of saying just thinking is because she then would have asked about what? At that point, I would have had to explain that men are deep thinkers about various topics, which would lead to other questions. Finally, I pondered an age-old question. Is giving birth more painful than getting kicked in the nads? Women always maintain that giving birth is way more painful than a guy getting kicked in the nads, and how could they know? Well... After another beer and some heavy deductive thinking, I have come up with an answer to that question. Getting kicked in the nads is more painful than having a baby. And even though I obviously couldn't really know, here is the reason for my conclusion. A year or so after giving birth, a woman will often say, it might be nice to have another child. But you never hear a guy say, you know, I think I would like another kick in the nads. I rest my case. Time for another beer, then maybe a nap. I just want you to be clear (laughs) that I'm just reading what I read on the internet, so it must be true, right? Uh, I would say that that makes 100% sense. And whoever actually had this deep thought, Genius.